and welcome to this Endo Life, episode 163. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an endo warrior and endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU, and I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils and their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community they're getting loads of feedback about it and you know if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's the patch in a bath bomb. Um, so, you know, if you're on your period or if you're in pain, you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them. I don't know, you could have multiple if you want. Um, and then, yeah, get out the bath, maybe rub in some CBD balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but... Um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk. And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So today's episode is another Q&A live and this one was themed on painful sex and endometriosis. So I really hope that this is helpful for a lot of you. I know this is something so many of us suffer with. And so I answered three of the most common questions and I went into them in quite some depth. So the first question was, is there anything that will make sex with endo eventually not painful? slash how do I fix it? The next question was, I've tried everything but still get pain. Is surgery the next option? And then the final one was, how to navigate painful sex without killing the mood? Hopefully somewhere in this conversation, there is some sort of pearls of wisdom that are helpful for you and help you to navigate this. If this is the first time you've kind of tuned in and you're interested in painful sex, then I have so many episodes with physiotherapists, um, Emily Sawyer from Ona, a relationships therapist. I've got an interview with my boyfriend. So just kind of scroll back through all of the episodes and there's lots on painful sex. So I hope that's helpful for you. So let's get to the episode. I'm going to ask, answer the first question, um, which a, pe- a couple of people asked. So I'm going to cu- answer two versions of it. Is there anything that will make sex eventually not painful with endo and how to fix it? Um, I've tried everything. I can't get it out of my head because it hurts to enjoy it. Um, so is there anything that can help? And I guess what we need to go back to is why is it happening in the first place? Um, so I would say that there are three key reasons for pain during sex with endo. Of course, one could be that you may have endometriosis somewhere near 
the vaginal canal. So perhaps you have it on the pouch of Douglas, perhaps it's on your bowel, um, perhaps it's on your cervix. So of course that's going to, um, actually I'm going to say four, four main things. So that's going to affect it, right? If, if you do have it there. Then a tight pelvic floor. So if you think about your pelvic floor, it's like a bowl of muscles and nerves and it's like a hammock, like a sling of muscles and nerves. And in this bowl sits your bladder. If you think about this being the front, right? My bladder is here, then I've got my vagina, then I've got my bowel. And so it, your pelvic floor helps to control the function um, of your organs and of your pelvic organs. And if your pelvic floor is tight, meaning that like these muscles are really, really tense, then it's gonna affect the nerve sensitivity, whether you feel pain or not, and the function of those organs. And most people with endometriosis have a tight pelvic floor. So you know when you hear people talking about like doing Kegels, that stuff is not for us, guys. <laughs> if someone tells you that you should be squeezing your vagina to make it tighter, don't do it. Um, unless, unless you have a pelvic floor that is I can't think about the word I think it's hypotonic so if it's tight it's hypertonic but the majority I think the stats is like 70% um, not sure off the top of my head but I think it's 70% um, of people with endo have a hypertonic pelvic floor so tight pelvic floor and that can cause nerve sensitivity and pain so that's another reason and then the third reason would be adhesions so perhaps you have adhesions not necessarily from endo but from um the surgery or from inflammation or from having SIBO or having had another trauma to the pelvic area so of course endometriosis does make adhesions and if you're not clear on what adhesions are they are like bands um and sort of webbing of scar tissue that's made out of collagen so on a scan because it's made out of collagen you can't see the adhesion so you might have a scan and say you've just had a surgery uh, your doctor managed to get your surgeon managed to get all of the endo they were really confident but you still had pain you may have developed adhesions and they will not come up on a scan so a doctor can say to you there's nothing there um, but adhesions won't come up on a scan and adhesions are incredibly incredibly strong i can't remember the weight that i think it's something like they put a pressure of 200 pounds i think that's what it is i've quoted it in one of my episodes on adhesions so if you just go and listen to that one you'll get that you'll get that um stat but it's something like 200 pounds of weight that's kind of the pressure that they're put in so imagine if you have an adhesion that's from like a scar from your surgery so like a scar on the front of your hip and it's attached to your um womb imagine how that's going to be pulling like how much weight that's going to be put in on that area and then if you think about sex right there's friction there's movement that's going to be very painful so that would be the third issue and then the fourth issue is something called there are different terms for it but neuroplastic pain so you guys have heard me talk about this quite a lot recently all pain is made in the brain that's literally how pain works it doesn't make it not real it's it's just any kind of pain if i cut my finger on like my notebook right now that pain would be made in my brain and so when your brain is 
deciding how much pain to make, it takes multiple factors into account. So it's not just that like nerves have fired off saying something's going on in that area. It's also like, has that area got like a history of injury? So does your brain already feel like that is a threatened area that needs protecting? Do you feel safe in your environment or in your life? Do you have past trauma? That means that you're always kind of in the flight or fight mode, which basically tells your brain that you're in danger. So your brain takes into account all of these different factors as to how much pain it should make. And if it comes to the conclusion that you are at threat, then it will make more and more pain. And what can happen in the case of chronic pain is that the brain has learned this behavior, so the tissue damage may no longer be there, right? Say you had a really successful surgery and the endometriosis was gone, the brain has fallen into this pattern where it believes that area is unsafe. And so what it does is it lowers the threshold. So your nerves in everywhere in your body, they have a threshold. And when they exceed that threshold, they send a signal off to your brain. And then your brain and nervous system makes a decision whether to make pain or not. What happens if your brain feels at threat is it lowers that threshold. So the signals go off quicker. Is, is this making sense? And um, then your brain also lowers its amount of natural uh, painkillers so serotonin dopamine it will lower them because it's like we're at threat so I want you to feel pain so I'm going to lower the amount of happy hormones you have so you feel pain more and so we get trapped in this cycle where our brain even though the um, maybe there's no more tissue damage to that area it continues to make pain because it expects it that's the pathway, right? We've, it's a well, well trodden pathway in our brain. And the brain defaults to that mode because it still feels safe. We still feel really traumatized by what we've gone through, all of those years of pain. So those would be the four kind of key areas that I would say, um, and this is just off the top of my head, like if I took some time to, to do more research, I would probably come up with more, but these would be the four key areas that I would say bring us pain during sex. So presence of endometriosis, tight pelvic floor, adhesions and neuroplastic pain so it's really about kind of considering have we approached all options and when i work with people with endometriosis um the first thing that i will go to is lowering inflammation because inflammation of course is endometriosis is an inflammatory disease so I will always kind of lean towards lowering inflammation first. And you can do that in multiple different ways. Nutrition is one of the quickest ways to do it. So obviously anti-inflammatory nutrition, you might bring in some anti-inflammatory supplements, um, anti-inflammatory lifestyle. So that is calming down the nervous system because if we're in a state of flight or fight, then that's a, right, that's stress. Chronic stress leads to higher inflammation. So if we can move into the rest and digest um, nervous system, which is when we're calm and we're healing, that is gonna kind of move the body out of this chronic state of inflammation. So I'd be looking at nutrition, supplements, lifestyle factors. So you could bring in maybe some mindfulness, or if you've got history of trauma, maybe working through that trauma, what's gonna make you feel safe? What's gonna tell your brain it's okay to come out of flight or fight? Now, if you have endometriosis that they can't excise for some reason or you don't want a surgery, there are supplements now that have been shown to target endometriosis. 
reduce the size, um, even shrink endometriomas and reduce the uh, growth rate. So I've got a podcast episode on those supplements. Um, it's literally called Supplements for Endometriosis. It's a couple of episodes ago. So you can have a listen to that and I go into all of the science and studies if you want to learn that. But targeting the inflammation is going to be really key because inflammation causes pain. That's one of the the natural symptoms of inflammation the body wants you to feel pain because it's like ah there's a problem here we need you to fix it we need you to heal it um if we get a cut the area inflames and you know you will have swelling heat pain those are signs of inflammation so of course if your pelvic area is inflamed which is the case of endometriosis we need to calm that down and I, a couple of people said they tried everything so i'm not sure what they tried but i would assume that you may have tried that already uh nadine and i think there was an emily emily i think you've probably tried that but it's just something that i wanted to make clear for anyone else who is listening um and so tackling endometriosis with inflammation, uh, lowering inflammation, you could also do some work on balancing your hormones as well. Um, that's just going to improve things overall. Then with the tight pelvic floor, that will occur from years of being in chronic pain. So if you've been in chronic pain and you're like always like, you know, balled up, um, squeezing onto your pelvis, like holding onto your tummy, that is going or sitting down a lot or like in bed a lot because you can't move that much, that is going to tighten your pelvic floor. So we want to loosen that pelvic floor. So I would of course recommend going to see a pelvic floor physiotherapist a not a physiotherapist a pelvic floor physiotherapist someone who understands endometriosis someone who understands a hypertonic pelvic floor um not just this not just a standard physiotherapist so i'd start there but you if you can't afford that there are programs online um restore your core fem fusion and i don't know if no, I won't recommend that one because I'm not 100% sure, but Fem Fusion and Restore that, restore Your Core, they have free workouts and free like pelvic floor safe um, exercises and stretches for endometriosis and things like that. But they also have like courses that you can take, but then you can also do pelvic floor stretches at home. Um, I did a live ages ago and I showed you guys some stretches you can do. It's a really early one. So if you just go through my IGTV, um, it's there. So you should be able to follow those. Or there are stretches in a couple of books. So Beat and Endo, they have stretches that you can do every day. Sorry, I've got really tight shoulders, so I'm just rubbing them. Um, and yeah, Heba Shahid. Um, from the pelvic expert, she has a blog post all about stretches for endometriosis and loosening a, pel a tight pelvic floor, so you can use them. Um, and Jessica Manan, in her book, Beaten Endo, has fascia release exercises um, for foam rolling by Heba Shahid in her book. So you could use all of those, but really we want to loosen the pelvic floor because when the pelvic floor is tight, the vaginal canal is gonna be tight and obviously that's that's gonna hurt. And that is, you know, if someone has vaginismus where the, the vaginal canal is like literally like clenched shut, um, you can't even get a tampon in, that we need something like 
uh, pelvic floor physiotherapy, that's kind of one of the key treatments for that. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. Um, then if you have adhesions, um, which I know all about because I have lots, then we want to address the adhesions. Now, um, a visceral manipulation therapist or um, someone who is specialised in wound massage or a pelvic floor physiotherapist, they will be able to identify whether you have adhesions or not. You can have surgery, right, to cut the adhesions and see whether they're there. But then the problem is you're then going to have more adhesions because abdominal surgery and pelvic floor uh, pelvic surgery they create adhesions in 80 to 100 percent of cases so i don't really ever recommend like uh surgery for adhesions so if you have adhesions really one of the kind of safest ways to work on those would be having some kind of massage um by a specialist whether it would be Arvigo or visceral manipulation or clear passage those would probably be the key oh and mercier therapy those would be the key ones that I would suggest. Um, you can start on yourself. So you can learn Arvigo therapy through a therapist. Um, do I have any physiotherapist recommendations in London? So, uh, Nicola, if you go to my episode on strategies for adhesions, in the show notes, I give, I've given you guys a directory um, it's for the entire world, so anyone can use this. And you just put in your postcode or write in London and it will come up with visceral manipulation therapists. Um, oh, sorry, you said physiotherapists. I'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, for visceral manipulation therapists. So for the massage, you can use that. I've also put a directory for our Vigo massage in there and for, um, what was the other one I put in? Mercier therapy as well. For physiotherapists, there are two, I'm trying to remember the names, sorry. There are two in London that I know are really, really good and I always refer my clients to them and I can't remember their names. I can't remember their names. I will come come back to me and I'll get the names up for you. Um, so... But I mean, pelvic floor physiotherapists, they're, they're few and far between. But if you search pelvic floor physiotherapists, because they're few and far between, they'll always come up at the top of Google. Just make sure that they're trained in endometriosis. Um, so you can learn how to do a Vigo massage on yourself at home. Um, you would just have one consultation um, over Skype or Zoom with the physiotherapist, with the Vigo massage therapist and they will teach you how to do it yourself and that's often quite a nice one to bring in at first because if you've got a lot of adhesions then it can be quite painful at first starting with something like a Vigo massage um visceral manipulation I tried to start with visceral manipulation I actually ended up in hospital so um it was just too strong so I now I'm doing a Vigo therapy on myself first before I go back to my visceral manipulation therapist so I can loosen things up 
and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. And it's actually really um, a really good way to take your body out of fight or fight because massage actually puts you in the rest and digest mode. So if you do feel like actually, yeah, I'm operating a lot in a, in a state of stress, I feel unsafe, I feel traumatized from having endo or something else that's going on in your, in your life, then massage is a really great way to get you out of flight or fight on a regular basis. I try to do it every night. It literally takes 10 minutes maximum. Um, so you can start there. You can also use castor oil packs for breaking down adhesions. And I've got, um, there are certain supplements you can take for breaking down adhesions. In my episode on adhesion, like breaking them down and loosening them, I've literally got like a couple of options. I think there's 10. So you can kind of go through those and try some of them. Um, and then the last one, neuroplastic pain. So as I said, this is still very, very real. Um, it's just that the pain is not being caused by tissue damage, but is caused by your brain feeling unsafe, your brain wanting to send you danger signals. Um, so it's about really identifying like, is there something that's stressing you in your life at the moment? Or do you feel unsafe? during sex is it because are you fearful of having sex because of the pain from the past so you don't even want to try it or you work yourself up before you even begin um do you have relationship problems are you i don't know uncomfortable at the moment yourself like physically in your body um or you're not in a good place like emotionally so then you don't really feel like having sex so then your body goes on high alert and then you start having pain um or I talked about this the other day, you know, if you have a history of trauma, then this does have a very, very real impact on the way you experience pain and chronic pain. So is it that you need to go through, um, do some kind of trauma release from your body? And I don't just mean going to therapy and talking it out because sometimes that's not really enough, but I mean, how are you releasing it from the body? Um, you can do somatic therapy, you could do EDMR, um, even just like dancing and shaking, like can actually help you to process those emotions. Um, there's lots of research into these different, into these different methods. I really, really, really cannot recommend enough. They don't know who I am, so I'm not earning anything from this. Um, Curable, the app Curable, C-U-R-A-B-L-E. It's a chronic pain app. Um, and it's absolutely amazing. And I think it's something like 86% of their, I don't know, people who use it, um, experience a relief in their chronic pain, either complete alleviation in their chronic pain or like a large extent of alleviation. So if you do feel like, yes, I'm operating in a, in a place of fight or fight, I do have a history of trauma. Um, and trauma can be like you were in a car, Sorry guys, my connection just went for a minute. Your parents got divorced. Um, let me think. Uh, yeah, was an unhappy household. There was conflict at home. Sorry, I keep getting bad connection. Uh, you were ill at some point in your childhood, like significantly ill. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's raining really badly, but I keep losing. I'm just gonna move. And now you can't really see me. I don't know. I mean, it's not doing it now, so hopefully it's okay. Um, so I would recommend reading the book. Let me just check what the book name is. I think it's called, I think it's called In 
Call to the Wild by Kimberly Psychologist. Okay, Call of the Wild, How We Heal Trauma, Awaken Our Own Power and Use It for Good. And it's by Kimberly Ann Johnson. And it's all about like releasing trauma from the body. She's a psychologist. So, um, and she does specialize in women's health and, and sex and reproductive health. So um, I think that could be really useful. And then those would be kind of like some of the core overall strategies. But if you want kind of more like everyday strategies, because those are quite long-term, then there is a tool called the Owner, which is, I think it's like silicone, but I don't think it's made out of silicone. It looks like a donut, a silicone donut. And so your partner, like if you were having sex with like uh, someone with a penis, then you would be, you would use that um, to basically create a buffer so you could control the depth basically. Um, you could use it with sex toys as well. Um, and so that would mean that you're in control of the penetration. So that would be one option. Um, seriously, lubricant. If you have painful sex, if you find that you're having sort of like spasms in your vagina, you you're you're not going to be naturally lubricated enough and that can cause like tiny little tears in the vagina and that's going to be really painful you won't necessarily see them but it's going to be painful it's going to add to that pain and the inflammation so a non-toxic lubricant that's not scented um, because if you have it scented that's going to irritate the vagina as well if you've got harsh chemicals in there that's going to irritate the vagina so a really natural lubricant. My friend, again, she doesn't even know I'm talking about this, um, and I'm not an affiliate. She has a lubricant called Wild, W-Y-L-D-E. I think it's called Into the Wild, W-Y-L-D-E. Lots of wild today. Um, and so that's really wonderful. And she actually made it because she had chronic thrush. So she made a really like natural, non-toxic, unscented lubricant um so i suggest trying that um this sounds really really stupid but even just taking a couple of really deep breaths before you have sex because that's going to calm your brain down it's going to take you out of flight and fight um and move you into rest and digest so your body will automatically relax um so even just breathing in with the exhale being longer than the inhale is going to help um so I'm just thinking about, oh, and then you can try to use a, you know, like a yoni wand, right? They basically look like dildos, but they're made out of crystals. But I mean, you can use any type that you want. You can start trying to use those for internal massage. And what that's going to do is if you press it on certain trigger points, it's going to release those knots and that tension. Um, I've got a podcast on strategies for painful sex and in there I link to the methods and the massage and like all of the instructions so you can use that. Um, and I just want to make sure I haven't missed any. Obviously talking to your partner but I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So I hope that's been helpful so far. I'm going to answer the other two questions but that would be like my initial kind of answers there. I will say that I've got quite a few extensive episodes on this so you can listen to those if you want like references and you want to go into it in more detail um okay so one question was i've been trying extensive uh physiotherapy supplements diet etc and i'm still in pain is surgery the next option so 
I would always say if you're questioning about surgery, listen to my episode with Dr. Andrew Cook because he is a genius and one of the world's best endosurgeons. Um, but I, I spoke to this person and she hadn't had a surgery yet. So, but all of the signs pointed that um, she did have endo. If you don't know for sure that you've got endo yet and you're contemplating surgery, then I think have a listen to Dr. Andrew Cook's interview. Have a really in-depth discussion with your surgeon about the risks and about you know the positive, the positive outcomes. Um, make sure you go to a specialist who does excision surgery. Um, and what I would say is if you don't know what's going on, right, if, if they can't see, if there's a, there isn't anything showing up on the scan, because sometimes, you know, endometriomas will show up on the scan or if the bowel is fused to the vagina, we can, we can sometimes see that on the scan. If you can't see anything, then a very good surgery, you know, and I don't really advocate for repeated surgeries except in extreme cases, but, you know, maybe in the beginning you might have one or two, um, but I know a lot of us have had a couple. I think we're now changing that approach. We're trying to go for fewer and using other approaches. But if you don't know what's going on, then it can be helpful to have a very good surgery um, because you could be trying all of these things, but if your, I don't know, if your ovary is twisted around or your uterus is kind of sort of being pulled backwards towards your bowel, then of course that is gonna hurt. and we can't really rectify if a, if a um if an ovary is like completely flipped around there's only so much that we can do to rectify that right a supplement can't really undo that um anti-inflammatory diet like all of these things are going to help but they're not going to like if there's something structurally going on that someone needs to go in and actually like move things around or cut things out then we can't we can't do that you know um without that now, wound massage, certain wound massages, visceral manipulation, clear passage, they can do quite a lot in terms of the structural side of things. So, Emily, I don't know if you've tried something as extensive as clear passage. If you really don't want to go for a surgery, they've got loads of research. You know, in an ideal world, if everyone could afford clear passage, then I would say go for clear passage first um, because clear passage has got lots of research behind it. Um, as being able to prevent needing endometriosis surgery because they can do a lot of work just through clear passage, which is a type of visceral manipulation, a type of, type of manual massage on the abdomen that releases adhesions and scar tissue. Um, and the results from their, from their research is just staggering. So, but it's really, really expensive. It's I think it's something like £4,000, um, so it's not cheap, but if you can afford it, I would, you know, explore that as a route or try something like visceral manipulation, because Emily, I don't think you said you've tried that, um, but I don't know your specific case and I can't legally advise on one specific case, so of course if you're at risk of something, you know, like there's something going on where an organ is really at risk if it was left without doing a surgery then of course in that situation then you might need the surgery so you need to have a proper discussion with your surgeon about this and weigh up the pros and cons make sure you do all your research go to a good surgeon listen to the interview with dr andrew cook and if you can explore something like visceral manipulation or um clear passage first because whilst also having this conversation with your doctor right making sure that you're not at risk
So, and if you do go down the route of surgery, then what I would do is make sure, listen to my episode on um, supplements for endometriosis, because I've got a couple of them in there that are really good for surgery, uh, for preparing and for healing after surgery. Um, and then I would utilize an anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory nutrition to help your body to heal. And then physiotherapy and visceral manipulation in some form, whether that's just a vigo therapy at home or with a practitioner, to make sure that you're not getting any adhesions building up after the surgery. So it's not just having surgery and then thinking it's done, it's actually building on the benefits of surgery and making sure that the negative side effects of surgery, like inflammation and adhesions, don't catch up with you, basically. Does that make sense? Um, and so the last question, how to navigate painful sex without, with a partner without killing the mood. So I'm not a sex therapist. So this is just from my time working in endometriosis and personal experience and conversations with other people and, and stuff like that. I would say you need to have this conversation outside of the bedroom first, um, because if you bring it up, you're going to feel fearful about bringing it up in the moment. You're going to worry that it's a mood killer. You're going to start feeling anxious about bringing it up. That's going to make your body tense. It's probably going to make your experience worse. Um, and it also means that your partner may not be clear headed at the time because they want to have sex, right? So they're not necessarily going to be in a clear headed place to listen to you and your needs. So having a conversation with them in a really non-threatening environment when you're both in a good mood and you're not stressed, you're not angry with each other, you're relaxed, you feel like they're in a place where they're gonna be particularly receptive. I think that's where you could have a conversation. And I know that I've got a couple of episodes with my partner and I've got a couple of articles with my partner, not just about sex, but about relationships in general. And I know that I've had couples reach out to me and say that it really helped their partner to read it. So you could have a look through my old articles um, and on endometriosis net um, and in my podcast episodes and just in my blog. I mean, it's got some old stuff that I really need to delete. <laughs> I just shouldn't be up there anymore. But um, there are like articles by my boyfriend and joint articles and stuff. So you can have a read of that. Um, and maybe have your partner look at them as well. Because when we let our partner into what's going on, it it gives them much more information to work with and much more um, of an insight into our world. And I think often from the conversations that I have with my clients, these are just my clients, it might not be the same for you, but when I talk to my clients often, um, it turns out that they haven't actually spoken to their partners about how deeply endometriosis is affecting them or, or how painful um, it can be during sex. And I've been there in the past, like I used to cry having sex, but I, I don't anymore um, because I'm in a relationship where I can I can say uh, if I'm in too much pain or, and I'm sort of much more in control of the situation um, and I also am in a place where I'm utilising a lot of tools in my life, um, like curable, like visceral manipulation, like pelvic floor physio and stuff, where 
um, it is improving. So I, my brain is feeling more and more relaxed because, and, I, and I'm feeling um, much more comfortable about having sex. So I'm not, I'm not so tense because I feel out of control. So by putting some of these tools in place, I think you may become more confident and feel more relaxed. Um, and as a result, you maybe feel more comfortable having these conversations. Um, but I would just have this conversation outside of the bedroom, not in the moment. They might need a little bit of a gentle reminder at some points. Um, and don't, don't, it's really difficult to say, but don't be scared about bringing that up because they should want you to be having a good time as well. Your body is not a vessel for someone else's pleasure. It's a living, breathing body, and you have a right to also be feeling pleasure and not pain. Um, so they, you know, hopefully you're with a partner, whether it's someone you love or someone who you're just, you know, enjoying having sex with, they should want you to be enjoying it as well. Um, and if they don't want you to be enjoying it and they're only thinking about themselves, then it doesn't really make for a good sex life. And it, I think it's about putting some boundaries in place there and really thinking about whether it's a long-term partnership or, or just casual sex, like who is it that you want to be sharing your body with? Um, so obviously I'm not a sex therapist. I actually do have an episode with a relationship therapist on the, pod on the podcast. So um, we do talk about that. So you can go into that and have a listen, but that would be my initial instinct. Um, so I hope that has been helpful for, for people. Um, and this is now 40 minutes. I'm not good at doing many episodes because I just want to cover everything. But um, yeah, I hope this has been helpful. I'm going to post it to my IGTV so you guys can watch it back. Um, and let me know what you thought about these kind of um, Instagram lives where I just do a theme. Let me know if it's been useful. And yeah, I hope this has been helpful. And yeah, I hope you guys all have a lovely weekend. Bye guys. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. 